What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I'm pleased to be joined on this rainy Monday, at least rainy on the West Coast, uh, by at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. You look very what happy an awesome today. Day of football, Elliot, on Sunday. Well, it was well not only just Sunday. Saturday was fun. Jags Titans was was uh, was great. Um, man, I had a lot of fun yesterday. Yeah. So Marcus, uh, Marcus has been glowing, positively glowing, like a man that had a great first date where his uh, date said, "I'm totally fine going to Dairy Queen or Taco Bell." That's what Marcus mm. looked like uh, today because the Steelers. Got eliminated from the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers not in the playoffs. Also kind of on the down low, Marcus really wanted Trevor Lawrence in the playoff tournament. He got his wish on Saturday night, so he got an early Christmas present. So, uh, or late Christmas present, I should say. Or really Uh, early Christmas present, yeah. Now, if I was going to be really tacky, like everything I see on TV and say, I'll tell you some people that didn't get late Christmas presents. How about the openings for the Texans? The co- yeah, uh, the coaching stuff. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Janice? Let's go to weather. So, uh, speaking of, we should say though, there are openings in Houston right now, opening in Indianapolis right now, opening uh, for the Broncos right now, opening for the Panthers. Uh, most likely, although I think Steve Wilkes, our interim co- coach, will get a very long look there. Uh, and then most recently opening in Arizona, not only in the head coach's chair, but also uh, GM. Marcus mm-hmm. informed me that the Browns uh, defensive coordinator is out. I should also mention the Falcons defensive coordinator retired. So, Dean Peeps, yep. uh, and, and I don't think that was like a forced retirement. I think Dean P's been at it a really long time and mm-hmm. he just called it a day because Atlanta actually, I think, played a little bit above their heads this year uh, overall. We thought it, it, they were going to be what three to five wins and they yeah. they won seven and we should also mention tp's had some uh some medical stuff going on remember he missed the last couple of games that's right um so not totally unexpected um so really only two new openings that we didn't already know about going into week 18 right just the texans and the cardinals so far i didn't i didn't foresee the browns firing their defensive coordinator it wasn't something i was thinking about but uh i know that was something you harped on a lot this year mm-hmm. is like when are we going to see the browns defense that you know you, you thought was there personnel wise and, and what was kind of promised it just never really happened for them it's one of the reasons they had a poor year we'll get to cleveland uh, I, i've got the the final power rankings of the season i've done here and that's what i mean we'll get the browns it won't take us very long to get to the Browns, by the way. Really poor ending to their season. But I want to start with what team I think is really in the worst shape right now. And I think it's the Colts. That's who I have at 32. Mm. They mm. lost to Houston. Their owner has, talk, has talked about bringing back their interim head coach, who a lot of people don't really see the wisdom of that. Uh, personnel-wise, they've got a quarterback problem. Um, probably their best player had a down year uh, and is a running back, which is not the most important position. Uh, their next best player is a uh, linebacker that you barely hear about anymore. Am I missing anything here? He's had two different back surgeries. And then their other best player is an offensive lineman who's really good, but maybe not as dominant as he was a few years ago. Tell me what I'm missing. No, I, 
I, I wasn't anticipating you putting the Colts at 32, but I think you're right. I think they're in a bad spot. The good thing is they did lose yesterday. I think they have the number four pick in the draft. Yeah, They do have some yep. cap space. So they're going to have options this offseason. I just I, – I, I don't think it's a smart decision to bring back Jeff Saturday, but we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, 31, I have a team that most people would put at 32, I think. It's the Houston Texans. People are talking about how they blew it yesterday. I don't subscribe to that. I don't know how you tell NFL players that are playing for jobs and, and playing for pride and whatnot to, hey, go out there and lose. Uh, the Houston Texans won. They've played very strong down the stretch. And honestly, I could have put them higher than 31. Uh, Elliot, I want to ask you about the Texans firing Lovey Smith. Do you think that was the right decision? Ask me one more time. Elliot, do you think that was the right decision to fire Levy Smith? Thanks. I thought you answered it. I uh, asked it a lot more empathetically this time because <laughs> you've been calling for his firing all year. Um, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Um, but I think there needs to be a really good explanation from the organization as to why. Uh, number one, number one, they've had a couple of coaches now be one and done. Number two, we do have a massive shortage of diversity in the head coaching ranks. And if Steve Wilkes doesn't get the job and Levy Smith is out, especially with Houston playing so tough down the stretch, this is a tough one to sell because quite frankly, in the 70s or 80s, Levy Smith would not have been fired. Uh, not because owners valued their teams playing really hard down the stretch because it helped sell tickets for the next year. Now people are so focused on the draft and what your draft position is that fan bases are like, why didn't you lose? Which I find that to be a difficult argument. We just, I agree. Um, We kind of talked about this when they, they hired or when they promoted Levy Smith, it's what does he do to help your offense? And the answer was, Nothing, really. So it was a little bit doomed from the start. It does feel like they need to start over, not only with the the head coach, but with the quarterback, with the front office. It just seems like this whole franchise needs a reset. I, You know, this might have been one of those deals where I wish he'd get a different job in the organization or something, because there's no doubt whether you like the guy or not, his team played for him hard. And there is something to be said for that, because we've seen plenty of coaches where – Teams just went flat down the stretch because they weren't in it. And right. so uh, that's a tough one for me. But uh, while we're on the subject of this, another very difficult organization with decisions to make is the number 30 Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they fire Cliff Kingsbury. Steve Keim resigns for uh, to take care of his health. Um, I, I assume that's what's happening. I don't know if the organization yep, is putting yep. that out there, but I, I – you know, I would take that at its word. It's just hard sometimes because a lot of times these guys resign and there's people in the organization that are pushing them. And so I don't really know what's going on there with Arizona. What I do know is you have an opening at GM, you have an opening at head coach and uh, a team that did not play well. You've got a quarterback problem. Um, you have a face of the franchise problem. I think they're. I think their issues are more unique than any team in the league right now. You you mentioned the Colts as being in the worst situation in the league. I think the Cardinals might be the 
worse spot for a couple of different reasons. One, this is the second oldest roster in the NFL coming into the season. Now your head coach is gone. Now your GM is gone. Your quarterback, your star quarterback, um, is out with the. He's going to be out with an ACL injury. He's going to miss time. Uh, JJ Watt has retired. DeAndre Hopkins has another knee injury. You've got a bunch of free agents and not a lot of cap space. It's a bad spot to be in. Let me just kind of put it this way with the Texans. Um, They have uh, some difficult decisions to make. And with the number four pick, they're probably going to, they're probably going to get a quarterback, uh, excuse me, number two pick. Uh, They're probably going to get a quarterback and whether or not they get somebody to, to uh, help in that regard where that really wasn't Lovey Smith's strength they're in a tough spot because they haven't been competitive for years and they need to fill that position. And another team that's in a really, really tough spot right now with their own unique problems are the Arizona Cardinals Uh, came out today. Cliff Kingsbury fired Steve Kimes stepping away from the team for uh, health reasons. Marcus, you're, you're absent head coach, you're absent a GM, you have a quarterback issue. And dare I say, and this is where I think they maybe have the most unique problem they have a face of the franchise mm-hmm. issue. Um, I don't know that there's any team in the league that really has this kind of uh, quandary going on, and they've got a lot of different things to fix. Uh, on top of J.J. Watt retiring, DeAndre Hopkins getting a lot older, um, four of their starting five offensive linemen are set to hit free agency. We'll see mm-hmm. about Kyler Murray, who... Um, <laughs> Just not healthy. We'll see when he's ready. This team, I think, might be in even of a worse situation than the Colts because at least the Colts have options at quarterback. The Cardinals don't. Like they're they're stuck with Kyler for at least the next three seasons. Yeah, you know, I was just looking at the Colts personnel and the the status of their best players, and I guess you could say that true. It's true of the Cardinals as well. But I think with the Cardinals, the reason I didn't put them at thirty two, and I have in the past, and surprised you with that is that they are starting with a clean slate. You know, mm-hmm. they are going to have they're they're going to put their people in there with the Colts. They're talking about bringing back the interim head coach and I just don't know if that's bringing back more of 2022 with you. Maybe not. Maybe Jeff Saturday deserves the opportunity to have the full off season and and right this ship. I I could be wrong there, but that's what that's what my thinking was. Uh, at 29 a team that really disappointed down the stretch, the Chicago Bears, there was a point when they beat the Patriots on Monday night, they looked like they were playing a little bit above their heads and they just uh, did not look good. Uh, I will say I was very surprised to look at the rushing leaders for this year and Justin Fields with over 1,100 yards rushing, yep. seven yards a carry, but uh, they were 3-14, and 14, Marcus. Yep, and they won two of the first three games. They have the number one pick. They ended up effectively trading the number 32 pick in this year's draft for Chase Claypool who had 14 catches and 140 yeah. yards since trading for them. It's a bad spot if you're Chicago. The one thing that I liked for Chicago more than these other teams is they. I do think Justin Fields has a lot of potential. So I think they're a little bit ahead of the game there. I'm not, I'm not sure what he's going to be yet. Uh, but also, we knew they were going to have a bad year when they started getting rid of some players. And now they have a chance to build the kind of team Matt Eberflus can coach. Uh, and, and I think they're going to bolster the defense big time uh, in the draft. Uh, at number 28, a team that got a little bit better at the very end of the season, uh, the Denver Broncos, a little bit better. 
uh, after Nathaniel Hackett was gone. Um, they played a kind of depleted Charger team yesterday and won. What do you think about the Broncos going forward? Hmm. They're already starting to put out uh, requests for interviews with Sean Payton, uh, Jim Harbaugh, Dan Quinn. Do they hire somebody that can kind of set the culture there, like Dan Quinn, or do they find somebody that can maybe help get Russell Wilson back to passable status at quarterback? I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do. Yeah. You know, you wonder when a, a team's defense played so well the whole year, if like that staff could stay in place with a new head coach, you know, that doesn't ever really happen. And every no. once in a while it, it'll happen. Um, although I will say with the Cowboys, when Barry Switzer took over, he inherited Jimmy Johnson's entire staff. It was just I, him and Jimmy Johnson's staff. What if uh, Jim Harbaugh, do you remember who Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator was with the uh, 49ers? Uh, oh, this is a good question. It wasn't Fangio. It was. It was Fangio, yeah. That's why that name came into my head. I was like, did was Fangio gone? Yeah. No, it was Vic Fangio. It was Greg Roman and Vic Fangio were his coordinators, right? Do you think Vic Fangio would be willing to come back to Denver? That'd be crazy. Uh, 49ers defensive line coach, Jim Tom Sula. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. All right, all right, enough with 2011 49ers staff. We'll do a whole pod on that just just for the one person that wants to hear that. Uh, what's, what's that? So that was a fun team. Oh, yeah, it was actually. Uh, the Rams, not a fun team. Uh, I've got them next up at 27, just uh, higher than the Broncos. They blew the doors off the Broncos a few weeks ago. But uh, the Rams, not a poor effort against Seattle. There were some pluses and minuses from Baker Mayfield. I think really the main thing with the Rams is what's Sean McVay going to do? Some rumblings today that if Sean McVay leaves, Cliff Kingsbury could take over that job. How would you feel about that? I wouldn't feel good about it. I think Cliff Kingsbury needs a year off. He looked exhausted to me, truly. He looked exhausted to me. Uh, Take a break, man. Take a break. Study the game. Study what you did wrong. You've made plenty of money. Rest your body. Rested body equals rested mind, man. Come back, come back strong. That's what I would do. Uh, 26, go Atlanta Falcons. Uh, ended up with a win yesterday. They finished seven and 10. Again, that's at least two wins, maybe four wins higher than we thought they were going to be this year. I know they had a bad stretch in November, but overall, not a horrible year for Atlanta. And they got a look at Desmond Ritter. Yeah. And I actually thought Ritter played pretty well yesterday. I don't want to overreact to week 18 games because. We've been tricked into believing that quarterbacks that perform well in week 18 could become starters. Who was the most famous one? Matt Flynn, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they so, got three weeks of tape on Desmond Ritter. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I think if they brought in a veteran and let it and let Ritter compete with the veteran, I think that's probably the smart way to go. I don't think they need to go out and make a big splash or trade up in the draft. I think I'm okay bringing in somebody else to compete with Ritter. Did you know they had a thousand yard rusher this year? Yeah, I did. Are you Tyler impressed? Year. Are you impressed? Not really. I can tell. They ran 16, the ball a lot. I know, but 16 1,000 yard rushers in the league this year. That is yeah. shocking. Absolutely shocking. Even with the extra game. Uh, number 25, I've got the Cleveland Browns. I don't think most people would put the Browns as low, but look at the way they played when Deshaun Watson got back in the lineup. How good a team have they been? 
All right, I have mixed feelings on this one. So they went three and three in the games that Deshaun Watson played. I will say the, the offense really struggled. But you look at like some of the, the teams they played. Who was the worst defense they played in the last five weeks? Between it was at the Bengals, home against the Ravens, home against the Saints, at Washington, at Pittsburgh. Like, those are pretty good defenses. My problem is the Browns' defense underperformed this year. I agree. They're getting Herculean efforts from their best player. You're not going to get that every year. I mean, we just talked about the Colts. The Colts' three best players did not have great years. You know, uh, it's not guaranteed that Miles Garrett's going to be able to do this again. 100%. I'm just, I think I may be a little bit more encouraged, like with Deshaun Watson having a full offseason, knowing where he's going to be. He's going to be able to be the number one quarterback all through training camp and all through the preseason. I, I think this team is going to be okay. Forgive me if I don't give Deshaun Watson a huge benefit of the doubt. Um, I would just like to point a couple things out. Now, I am not a Russell Wilson fan, okay? But Russell Wilson has been destroyed this year. Would mm-hmm. you agree? I agree. Deshaun Watson's numbers are terrible. Awful. Terrible. We're not talking about two starts here, man. We're talking about six starts, 58% completion percentage. In this day and age, Marcus, it's horrible. Seven to five touchdown interception ratio. Once again, this day and age, really bad. Um, Yards per attempt, 6.5. I I wouldn't say it's horrible, but it's certainly not good. good. No. Okay. Uh, Let's go passer rating. We'll just go a a, simple one. 79.1. Pretty bad, right? Pretty bad. But if you're going to have that many interceptions and you're going to have a 79 rating, a lot of times you can at least make up for it with a lot of gross yardage, right? Like productivity. You maybe have some turnovers, but you did a lot of great things too. No, we're talking 183.7 pass yards per game. These are all bad numbers. And then maybe the worst, you say this is a quarterback stat. I don't totally agree with you. 20 sacks in six games. Now that's... That's traveled with him no matter where he's gone. Remember, in 2018, he took 62 sacks. He's always going to be somebody that's going to take a lot of sacks. So he's going to have to overcome it with big plays. He just didn't make him this year. Why is he not taking any heat? That's what I don't understand. It's I, like people don't care. I'm, I'm amazed. All right, we're good. We don't have to talk anymore about Watson. I, I'm just amazed by it, man. I really am. At 24, I'm going to go with New Orleans Saints. Uh, they lost yesterday. Really uninspiring. Maybe my most disappointing team of 2022. I agree. We both thought they were going to be a playoff team, and they only won seven games, and it was ugly. Ugly. So I'm I'm total agreement. I'm going to borrow a line from you. Okay, I I think we're good talking about them. At 23, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, A little difficult because the Raiders looked like they were on the up and up, but they lost three in a row to finish the season. Uh, their record was atrocious. It's six and eleven. Jared Stidham did not play well. The last, he didn't he did not look good. Uh, Kansas City ran all over them pretty much. And uh, this is a team that that's you know obviously their franchise quarterback is no longer their franchise quarterback. So where are the Raiders right now? Kind of no man's land, looking for another quarterback, searching for an identity. It's not a great spot to be in. No, and I would say another team like that are the Panthers at 22, who I have just ahead of the Raiders. Uh, I thought Steve Wilkes had them playing really hard, but who's their quarterback going forward? Um, What's their identity going forward as an organization? I feel like Carolina is a team that just no one in the league cares about. 
there's just no buzz around that organization. This organization needs a little bit of swagger. And they also need a face, right? Like, yes. When they traded away Christian McCaffrey, they lost really the only fun player that they had, right? Because yep. Christian McCaffrey, he was always going to be talked about for fantasy and all that kind of stuff. But they need something to get people excited. Since Cam Newton left years ago, they just haven't had it. So I think they're going to be in the market for that guy this offseason. They have, they've always had stylish kind of players, and I don't mean wardrobe, but I mean guys that not only were great players but had a certain way of playing, Julius Peppers, Steve Smith Sr., uh, even Moose and Muhammad to a, to a certain degree. Uh, they, they had guys – I loved watching D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. They had really good players, and right now it's not that they don't have good players. It's just not anyone that fans are going to be like, oh, man, I pulled this guy's card from you know a football pack. <laughs> who, exactly. Who, who, exactly. Who's that Panther? Uh, at 21, uh, the Tennessee Titans. A little disappointing at the end of the year. I know they had a ton of injuries. Um, you know, is Ryan Tannehill the starting quarterback in 2023 for this group? Marcus, uh, you know, are they going to get anything from Malik Willis coming up? Uh, obviously, that Mike Vrabel's safe and those oh, kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. They didn't have Harold Landry all year. I just, you know, they didn't have a strong finish to the season. That's why I have them at 21. I think this is a team that's a candidate to rebuild and really tear things down. It kind of feels like they made their run, uh, you know, last year being the number one seed a couple of years ago when they played well with Henry and Tannehill, but this core is pretty old. The offensive line needs totally rebuilt. They're just so far away from the elite teams in the AFC. It, it feels like they need a hard reset. I don't want to say this guy's done. But I don't know, similar to Miles Garrett, there's no guarantee you're going to get a 1,500-yard year from Derrick Henry next yeah. year. Yeah. It's going to be year eight. I don't want to count him out. He, maybe he comes back and has 1,750 yards and has another really great year. I just It's, it's going to get harder for him to do that. Uh, at 20, I have the Commanders. They ended with a strong win uh, yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. They got a look at a rookie quarterback. Uh, they've got Chase Young back, which was kind of cool. I you know I assume Ron Rivera is safe. They finished eight eight and one. Um, not bad for the weakest team in the division, <laughs> which is wild. Yeah, no teams in the NFC East with a losing record, huh? Um, the, the the hard part about Washington is I feel like we've been saying the same thing for the last three or four years. Like they're a quarterback away from being a legitimate contender in the NFC, but how do you find that guy? And what do you do to find it? I don't know. Uh, number 19, I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I know they're they're not going to the playoffs, but finish strong. They finish with a, a winning record and everything. But I still think they're the 19th best team in the league. And this is not power standings. This is uh, power rankings, how I think teams would do. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's a little better than you give them credit for sometimes, uh, particularly their quarterback. But I think this but is a fair ranking, by the way. You do? I I. I feel like Pittsburgh's the kind of team they're going to go, come out. They're going to give you a good effort. Um, they play good complimentary football sometimes, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons they went nine and eight. They're not a team that hurts themselves a ton. Uh, and I think you need to give Mike Tomlin a little bit of credit for that. Uh, but I also agree with you that this is a team that hasn't done anything in the postseason for quite some time. Their goal this offseason is to get more explosive on offense. They had a touchdown to George Pickens yesterday that was 30 yards, and there there was a graphic that flashed up. Longest touchdown of the season for the Steelers. It's like, 
what it took it, yeah. before that it was a 22 yarder like they've got to get more explosive on offense but you know uh, Pickett and Pickens are young guys mm-hmm. and it, it you know I would say as an organization develop those two over the off season in any way you can and you're going to be a lot lot better make them, off uh, and, and Friar Muth, make them the focal point of this offense and and that's kind of what Pittsburgh has that Carolina doesn't have yep. if you say you know who are the faces in Pittsburgh? There you go. There's your young nucleus right there. Um, and of course you have the great vets like Cam Hayward. Uh, okay. Number 18, I've got uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know they're going to the playoffs. I still don't trust them. They ended with a loss yesterday. I know everybody didn't play Doesn't and you matter. don't make yeah. a lot out of week 18, but I have a hard time putting them higher than this. They need to show me more than a win here, a loss there, a win here, a loss there. Yeah, the offense just still isn't good enough week to week. So I'm not counting them out in the playoffs because it's still Tom Brady. There's a lot of veterans on that team, but it's hard to get too excited about them, even if they would happen to win in round one. I could have leaped them over the next team, potentially. I have the Jets at 17, so if you want to swap Tampa and the Jets, that's fine. I thought the Jets had a a, a tough assignment yesterday, but this was a game they they really should have gone in and won in Miami, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, disappointing end for that group. They finished the last three games of the season without scoring a touchdown. It's pretty bad. It, you got to wonder, like Joe Douglas, their GM, like he's had multiple years to figure this out, and they can't get past being the 30th ranked offense every single year. Like this. I think the Jets need to have a long conversation about how they're building this team and if they're doing it the right way. The other thing, too, is ever since Mike White took those hits, their offense really, really got scuttled. Uh, You know, sometimes these guys, they come back and play. We talked about this a little bit with Colt McCoy this year when I was it was so obvious to me he was out there playing hurt. You know, sometimes you can play hurt and you're still hurting your team. Uh, Okay, number 16, I've got the New England Patriots. I feel like this is they are the quintessential middle of the road NFL team. They do a lot of things well. They just don't have the star power. And I don't mean you need to have a bunch of stars, but just a couple of guys that are so clearly better uh than the, the guys are going against. Um and I thought there were some coaching things offensively <laughs> with this team. And it was their special teams that let them down yesterday. Yeah. And it's been the problem all year. They've been awful on special teams. And it's just so weird to see from a Bill Belichick team. Like that defense, I think, is certainly good enough to make the playoffs. I even thought the offense at times yesterday looked good, but it, it, they could just never put together a full game. And that's so, so rare to see from a Bill Belichick coach team. And this is what I mean. When you have star players, sometimes you can mitigate. Uh, inefficiency on offense. So for example, Matt Jones actually played pretty well. Yeah, he did. But on the couple of balls that he missed, they were catastrophic. Yep. And when you have star players like in the secondary, or you have more than one pass rusher, or uh, you have that great wide receiver that can catch the ball, even when he's covered, sometimes those kind of mistakes don't hurt you so bad. Yep. Um, so anyway, it was an interesting game to watch a uh, couple retirements on the horizon as well for the New England Patriots team leaders in that locker room. Uh, I think McCordy and Slater are both going to hang it up, aren't they? Those are those are their locker room guys. Yeah, I know Slater them. is. I'm not sure on McCordy if he is uh, said it definitively or not. OK, uh, number 15, I've got the Miami Dolphins clutch win uh, yesterday against the Jets. 
I don't know if you would call them impressive. I know there's questions about Tua coming back. I really hope he doesn't. It's just so hard to rank this team because when Tua is out there and he's healthy, they can compete with any team in the AFC. But when they have Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson, this team is really, really bad on offense. And the defense just isn't good enough. So I, I don't know how you rank this team, but this feels a feels right. I only push back on this. Tua was awfully inconsistent uh, in the second half of the season. There are times that he looks fantastic. There are also times that he makes some really odd decisions with where he goes with the ball, and the ball placement always isn't always where it needs to be. But, yeah, they are clearly better without him. There's no arguing that. Uh, number 14, I wonder if the Packers will be without Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. We don't know really what his future is, but – not a great game from Green Bay. They got beat, straight up beat, uh, by the Lions with everything to play for on their home field. And it kind of goes back to last year, Marcus, when you were talking about you know, the 49ers. We hear so much about the Packers' mystique at Lambeau, but Tampa Bay went in there and beat them. Uh, San Francisco went in there and beat them. And last night, which was essentially a playoff game, right? Detroit mm-hmm. went in there and beat them. Yeah, and Rodgers did not play well. He threw three interceptions in this game, only one counted. Two of them were because of came back from penalties. What here was his stat line in the fourth quarter against Detroit. One of six for 12 yards and one interception, no touchdowns. Pass rating up two in the fourth quarter. Like you're Aaron Rodgers. Go be awesome in the playoff or in this must-win game. Go show everybody that you're this great quarterback still. He was terrible. Terrible. It was essentially a play-in game. And by the way, when I was saying Tampa Bay and San Francisco, everybody, uh, I'm referring to the playoffs. Tampa Bay 2020 beat them. San Francisco in 2021 beat them. And then uh, this year. Okay. Uh, At 13, I've got the Seahawks. Not impressive. And they went over the Rams. I watched a lot of that game. Uh, But they did win. I I have to point this out again, though. Geno Smith's numbers this year were just phenomenal. Uh, I I know Seattle wasn't great yesterday, but – I am I am still shocked, and I still think he's a comeback player of the year, and I'm really curious to see how he's going to play next year, probably more than Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or any of these other guys. Yeah, they got the win yesterday, but, man, there's some weird stuff that happened in that game, and there were some strange calls that happened late in fourth quarter and overtime, but if you're a Seattle fan, I don't know if you can have any confidence going into the playoffs that your team is – going to be able to hang with the 49ers at all right and I, I wasn't even thinking about the playoffs I, you know, because I don't really think they're going to go anywhere I still think it was a really successful season for Pete yeah, Carroll's group. absolutely without a he, doubt he was absolutely proven right uh the guys played over their heads and uh you know got off to a rough start Geno Smith threw an interception to Jalen Ramsey his first pass of the mm-hmm. game um, but I'm just curious to see if he has turned the proverbial corner at number 12 the New York Giants they the Giants did what a lot of people like on Twitter want their teams to do. They didn't play anybody. I mean, they just said, yeah, we're going to let Philadelphia be. I mean, they they played hard with the guys they, they had on play the field. Yeah. But, but uh, the Giants rested their guys. Uh, they knew they were in the playoffs. And I, w- I was stunned to see, even though he doesn't throw the ball a lot, Daniel Jones leads the NFL in lowest interception percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think Brian Dable made the smart call here. There's – Nothing really good can happen in this Week 18 game. Keep your guys healthy and go play in Minnesota and beat them, which I think they can do. I think they can do that as well, and I love a rusted Saquon who had a really nice year. Hopefully their defense 
which has at times played decently this year, better than I think we expected their defense to play. Um, okay, number 11, I have the Detroit Lions. Yes, I know the Lions are home. Do you think this is unfair to put them no, this high because they've played great not. football? I think you could make the argument they belong higher than this. There are a bunch of playoff teams I think the Lions could beat right now. 100%. Uh, could not have been more happy with their win. The, Detroit played such a great game last night. Uh, it seems like, I mean, honestly, it's got to be the biggest win for the Lions in the last five years, at least six years. And another team with a thousand yard running back. It's like half the teams in the league have a thousand yard rusher. Do you know which lion ran for a thousand yards? Reggie Bush. No, I meant this year. Dingbat. Oh. Yeah. Jamal Williams, of course. <laughs> I thought you were going to say DeAndre Swift. No, it's Joy Bell. You're wrong on both counts. Um, was it Michael LaShore or Mikel? See, <laughs> Mikel I it was Mikel. All right. I just want to make sure there. Uh, anyway, great win for the Lions. I'm really happy for Dan Campbell. I'm happy for that organization. They deserved it. And um, amazing play call with the hook and ladder at the end of the game. But we're going to keep going with the rankings here. Uh, at number 10, I really had this team at number nine. I switched them at the last second only because we don't know if their quarterback's going to play. If their quarterback was going to play, I'd swap them with the team I have at nine for sure. It's Baltimore Ravens at 10. Um, hoping for Lamar Jackson uh, playing here in the first round of the playoffs. Another team that really didn't play anybody. Uh, and then they played a really good football team yesterday. I, I wouldn't count on Lamar playing in this playoff game, by the way. I think the hope is that Tyler Huntley can play. He's dealing with some shoulder stuff, but I would be pretty shocked if Lamar played. And if that's the case, I, I just don't see them going to Cincy and beating the Bengals. Uh, I don't either. And, you know, you already asked me, you know, does Lamar even want to play uh, given his contractual situation and, and the, the market that, that looms ahead of him? I think he would because he's an athlete, but does it hurt him not to play? If everyone perceives him to be totally healthy, maybe, I don't think it would hurt the money that he's going to make. It might hurt the number of suitors he has. Maybe there's a suitor that would drop off. But the I, thing is, if you have two, you're fine, right? Right, right. If you, so if it's the Jets and the Panthers or the Falcons looking to get him, who cares if you only have three or four? You know, I think the only way this hurts a player is if there's a destination they'd really like to go, and that team is turned off that they thought he was healthy and didn't play. That would be the only, and that would be more with really old school football people. So I don't even know how many of those organizations there are left, honestly. Uh, at number nine, the team I really wanted to put at 10 are the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys stunk up the joint, joint on mm -hmm. Sunday. So just to pull the curtain back, when Marcus has a weekend where first Trevor Lawrence gets into the playoffs, then the Steelers get knocked out of the playoffs, and then Aaron Rodgers – gets knocked out of the playoffs. He's super happy. And normally Marcus would call me giddy wanting to talk football, but I didn't get that phone call last night. And I know why I didn't. I know exactly. Cause why you were in class. I didn't want to bother when you were at class. No, 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 no. That's not why. Uh, because someone very, very near and dear to Marcus's heart played so awful that even he couldn't defend it. That's actually not why I didn't tell you. But uh, no, it's it's the worst game I've seen Dak play. Uh, now, there could be some reasons behind it. The Cowboys didn't use a lot of play action. They were pretty vanilla uh, in this game. But 
didn't play well. And I think the most concerning thing is Dak just didn't look comfortable in the pocket. He was drifting away on throws, panicking a little bit. They're going to need him to play. Decision-making, trying to throw an out. Uh, Go ahead. They're just going to need him to play so much better to have a chance against Tampa. Usually Dak bounces back from poor performances like this, but it doesn't give you a lot of confidence going into round one. To be fair, to quote you, uh, I think all those things you said are true, but also you are a big fan of his and you tend to, you know, you tend to underline when he makes really great throws on Twitter. Like you did yesterday. He made one to CD lamb. I, I follow you and you tend you. to not point out as much when he really fails the team. But in this particular case, I noticed the national media on Twitter really came down on him. And I don't mean just one or two people. I mean, a lot of folks, I even noticed Colin Coward was like, okay, so what's the explanation this week? And mm-hmm. I have to say, sometimes I think that stuff's unfair and I, I don't want Dak to be piled on, but Marcus, his interception percentage, I mean, he's, he's tied with Davis Mills for the lead in the NFL in interceptions. Mm-hmm. And Davis Mills has almost a hundred more pass attempts than Dak does. Mm-hmm. At some point, do the Cowboys have a quarterback problem in the sense that they're only going to be able to get so far? We'll see. I think you have a better idea with how this week goes against Tampa. Yeah, it it, it looks like Zeke is pretty banged up. I agreed because with you that it, it, here's what I mean. If they beat Tampa, but they lose to San Fran next round, nobody's going to care about the Washington game in week 18, right? That's true. Like, I agree. not going to care. And that's why I wouldn't pile on. I, I would merely say that, I mean, the Cowboys lost to a rookie quarterback yesterday. They played terrible. In a game I mean, they, which, which they played their starters and their quarterback through, was it four interceptions, uh, including a pick six. It's, you know, it's concerning going into the playoffs. Um, kind of switching gears on that, I put the Jaguars ahead of the Cowboys. Now, I know hmm. the Jags' record is worse. The Jags beat Dallas a few weeks ago. The Jags quarterback is clearly outplaying and I think is better than the Cowboys quarterback. The Jags team may not be quite as good as Dallas, but they are playing better than the Cowboys, not just a quarterback in a lot of different areas. Um, Do you think this is unfair to put the Jag or ridiculous to put the Jags this high, even though they're nine and eight? Maybe as much as you know, how much I love Trevor Lawrence. He's just not played particularly well. Over the last couple of weeks, in fact, he kind of got outplayed by Josh Dobbs. Um, but it, he's one of these elite talents where I don't worry about a, a one bad game or two bad games. Like he could get so hot against the Chargers on Saturday night, and it just doesn't matter. So it's fine. I, I think I think Jacksonville belongs inside the top ten or eleven teams. So this is good with me. I think for me, Trevor Lawrence's ceiling, kind of like Herbert's, is really high. And you see that. You see it now in games. We're not just talking about potential. So even when he plays bad, then all of a sudden he does something. and You're like, wow. Right. The other thing is, I don't think he's played particularly great for him the last couple weeks either. But he hasn't had that terrible, terrible, terrible game where just doesn't do anything right. Right. I don't think that was the kind of game he had against Tennessee either. No, no, no. There was... There was some moments in the game where you could tell, like, it, it was a big game. Like, he had a pitch to Travis Etienne, or to, sorry, it was Jamal Agnew. It was just a little hot. Yes. And that's, that's just on the end of round. Yeah. That's just from not playing a lot it's, in the NFL in big moments. He'll get over that. I think, 
I wouldn't be surprised if that game on Saturday against the Titans helps them a ton this week against the Chargers because that was basically a playoff game, right? Maybe it took the, the nerves and the edge off a little bit. So I'm, overall, I'm not worried about Lawrence in big games. Well, and especially if he doesn't have to face a totally healthy Joey Bosa, uh, the Chargers are my seventh-ranked team right ahead of the Jags. Um, weirdest coaching to you. I mean, you can get on Lovey Smith about winning. So uh, Brandon Staley, to me, was way worse than Lovey Smith. So if people are going to call for Lovey Smith to get fired because they won yesterday, then Brandon Staley should be fired. I don't care that they're a playoff team. And, I, and like yeah. Mike, Mike Williams, he's somebody who's dealt with multiple injuries all season long. You don't need to play him in this game. Let him get healthy. What does he do? He goes out and hurts his back. He needs help even getting onto the bus after the game. It sounds like he's going to be okay, but you got some guys that just have been battling through a lot, including Keenan Allen. You you don't need them to play in an absolutely meaningless game. I read that Staley was defensive. I read about about playing these guys in his post-game press conference. I read his quotes. And it sounded like he was a little misleading about Mike Williams because he answered the question, could he have come back in the game? Yeah, possibly. Meanwhile, hours later, he's literally being having to be – it's not like he was in a walking boot and could walk. He was having to be helped uh, yeah. to walk. Um, Joey Bosa got pulled somewhat early in this game. I don't really know what his status is. They really, really need him. Yeah. I'm not saying the Chargers need to fire Brandon Staley. I'm saying if you're one of those people calling for Lovey Smith to be fired, I think what Brandon Staley did is far more egregious. So I, I don't, I, I'm not advocating for anyone to be fired. I'm merely talking about that kind of criticism uh, and comparing it. Number six, I had the Minnesota Vikings did what they were supposed to do. Went, took care of business against the bears. <clears throat> They're not backing into the playoffs. Hold on, uh, but hold I think, on, hold on. You have the Vikings ahead of the Cowboys. Yep. I do. Dallas absolutely destroyed this team. And they Vikings did. have, and Vikings have gotten killed by any good team they've played this year, including Dallas, Philadelphia, and Green Bay. So here's the thing. The Cowboys destroyed Minnesota a month ago. A month ago. And a lot has changed for the Cowboys since that time. And, and Green Bay got destroyed. Or sorry, Minnesota got destroyed by Green Bay last week. Mm-hmm. Just my thinking here, you're going into the playoffs – either with a little bit of momentum or not. Now, the teams that rested their guys, like the Giants, I don't think it matters. But when you're a team that literally played your starters and your quarterback played one of the worst games that any quarterback in the entire league has played this year, not just a bad game for him, one of the worst games that any quarterback in the NFL has played this year. Which I don't agree. I, I don't disagree. It's just... It seems like we're putting a lot of stock into week 18 games where both teams are trying just not to get injured. I'm not. You're going to tell me that Dak or the Cowboys played well on Thursday no. night against Tennessee? No, but it's, kidding me? No, they didn't play well, but I will take a 14 point win that you didn't play well over compared to a 40 point loss to Green Bay. Okay. Did the Cowboys, that's one game. Did the Cowboys play well against the Houston Texans? Yeah, but now we're talking about games that are over a month ago. No, no, no. These games were all since the Minnesota game. Houston, hold on. Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Washington are all since they played Minnesota, and the Cowboys played poorly in all of them. All of them. Okay, 
in what game did in what game has Minnesota played well since then? They they barely beat the Jets. They lost to the Lions. They they were down by thirty to the Colts at home. They had to have a sixty yard field goal against the Giants. They got blown out by the Packers, and you beat the third string quarterback of the Bears. Well, uh, they beat a third string quarterback of the Bears on the road when the Cowboys couldn't beat a third string quarterback uh, of Washington on the road. Yeah. So, hey, if the way I'm looking at it right now, if Dallas went to Minnesota right now and played, I think Dallas gets beat. I do, because of the way they've played for a month. I do. Sorry. I think Dallas would be like six-point favorites in Minnesota. Well, they may be favorites, but just because Dallas was favored yesterday, would, too. I think they would kill them. But go ahead. Sorry. And Dallas was favored yesterday, too. And Dallas was favored against Tennessee as well. And Dallas was favored against Jacksonville. Which you they know what covered. I mean? We could, we could do this all day. Game. And Dallas was favored huge, huge against Houston. You know, I mean, the Cowboys are playing terrible football right now. Okay. You know, so if you if you put the Cowboys over the Vikings, fine. But I don't think you can just say, after Dallas has played the way they have, I don't think you could just automatically say, oh, yeah, Dallas plays Minnesota, Dallas wins. Because of a game that happened five weeks ago. I, don't you think that's a little strong? No, just Minnesota has been so fraudulent this year. Okay. That's all. Uh, Go ahead. I'm fine with it. You were telling me earlier in the year that there's a real skill with Minnesota to be winning all these one-score games. There is, but that doesn't doesn't make them a a top team. But fine. Go ahead. I've had them around six the entire year. I know. The only issue you had – wait a minute. No, no, no. We're going to – hold on. I've had Minnesota at six and seven or five, somewhere around there all year. And you've never had a problem with it. Even after they got blown out by Green Bay. The only issue you have is that I've now dropped the Cowboys below them. In other words, if I had Dallas at five and Minnesota at six, you wouldn't care. It feels to me like, okay, so where do you have Dallas in your rankings? I have Dallas nine. And where do you have Minnesota? I have Minnesota at six, but to be honest with you, Minnesota at six, Chargers at seven, and the Jags at eight, you could jumble those three up. It just doesn't feel like there should be a four a four spot difference, but okay, fine. Put Minnesota at eight and Chargers and Jags at you know I, honestly, it, it, be, in this honestly I would be more okay. I I, I think I, I think that would be more accurate, but that's just me. That's fine. But I also have to go with what how these teams are coming in the playoffs The Minnesota's coming in uh, having played decently well. Yes. Against a third string quarterback. Uh, they recovered from their terrible game the week before. Did Dallas Dallas didn't play well against Tennessee. Everybody noticed how blah they looked and they mm-hmm. came out and looked even worse. So I have to, I have to honor that. I don't, I don't have some kind of bias towards the Minnesota Vikings. I can tell you that. All right, let's get to uh, number five. Okay. Uh, number five, hopefully you don't have a problem with this. Have the Kansas City Chiefs. They uh, beat the Raiders on Saturday. Um, their offense continues to play really, really well. I still don't really trust their defense. I know they did well on Saturday. They were playing Jarrett Stidham. Uh, the week before, they darn near lost to a Broncos offense that couldn't do anything all year. Um, so I'm still a little bit skeptical on Kansas City, but I think Kansas City is clearly better than Minnesota, the Chargers, the Jags, or the Cowboys. Mm. See, I think that might might be a little bit low for kids to say, to be honest. Because? 
It's the number one ranked offense in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And they've won six straight games to finish. Excuse me. They've won five straight games to finish the season. And they've lost one of their last 10 games. Look how close some of those games have been. Yeah, really, so they've really... lost one of their last 11 games. Yeah, okay. One of the teams they lost to was Cincinnati. Now, that's been a month now. <clears throat> I, I agree with this. I think they. I think Cincinnati should be ahead of them. But Cincinnati, to me, is a more complete football team than Kansas City is. They are not so dependent on Patrick Mahomes making plays. Um, I Not only has Cincinnati beat Kansas City this year, they beat them last year in the postseason, and they beat them last year in the regular season. Um, I don't see anything from Cincinnati that overly concerns me. That's why I have them at number four, uh, just ahead of Kansas City. At number three, I have the 49ers, who have played one bad game over the last month. That was against the Raiders. They still came out on top. Uh, yesterday, they were so-so in the first half. They did, they as you like to say, they played with their food in the first half, mm-hmm. and then they dominated the second half. And I think you're going to have a little bit of that with Brock Purdy in at quarterback. But they got Debo on the field yesterday with Debo and Elijah Mitchell and going into the playoffs the way they are. I think they're the third best team. Yeah, Brock Purdy had his best game of his career. <laughs> it, it, somehow it's not being talked about enough. He's 6-0 for the 49ers. He's getting better every week. And I don't feel like he's getting still enough national attention. So still it's wild. I listened to that game on the radio a lot in the first half. And I, the 49ers were pretty flat. And then in the second half, they really took over. Um, But, and they were going against a a pretty bad Cardinals team at number two, Marcus, I've got the Buffalo bills. Um, the game was wild on Sunday. It was awesome to watch. Um, but but the Bills as a team, there were some small areas of concern for me. Um, I worry about their offense a little bit. Uh, they got a deep ball to Stephon Diggs late in the game. That was really helpful. Of course, they had the two kick return touchdowns. I'm also a little worried about their pass defense. And I I don't know that I can call them the best team in the league right now. Yeah, I, I... – See, I think they are. Um, they have Josh Allen playing so well. Their three losses were against three good teams, and all of them they controlled into the fourth quarter, but they lost for weird reasons. I just think they're the most complete team in football. They're battle-tested. They've got a, a really good coach. I, I think I would put them ahead of the Eagles. With as well as you – because we know that when we talk about the strength of teams that matchups depend determine so much of this, right? So, like, I have the Bucks at 18 – you didn't really have a problem with me putting the Bucks that low, but there's some of the teams ahead of them that if the Bucks play, you really be worried about whether they could beat the Bucks or not. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, I think Buffalo is better than Kansas City. But would you worry a little bit about Patrick Mahomes playing in a climate-controlled stadium against Buffalo, against a defense that's lost, uh, you know, key players, Von Miller, Micah Hyde, and of course, uh, you know, Demar Hamlin, who's doing great right now, but they could really. You know, he's he's been a good player for them. Do you worry about Patrick Mahomes being able to have his way with them? Yeah, because it's Patrick Mahomes, right? Like he's going to be able to do that to any secondary. But Buffalo is really well coached. And the good news is I think when we talk about like a potential neutral field, it's not like it's going to be indoors. It sounds like it's going to be Cleveland or Pittsburgh, which probably favors Buffalo. So 
Buffalo is just so battle tested. They've played so many good opponents this year. We we they don't get blown out. I, I just really like this Bills team. I, I want to say too that well, you're right. I'm being a little unfair saying Patrick Mahomes, you know, but we're talking about whether a team's going to be able to go all the way to the Super Bowl and win. So they're going to have to play Patrick Mahomes. But yes, uh, other quarterbacks I wouldn't be as concerned about. I'm cherry picking the yeah. the best quarterback they could possibly play. Let me also just say that uh, while we're on the subject of DeMar Hamlin, that watching that game, man, was crazy. It was crazy. That that first kick return, when he turned on the Jets, uh, Himes, at about the 28-yard line, and I thought, well, I don't – is he going to try to go for, like, just go straight speed here? Because I thought the Patriots player had the angle on him, mm-hmm. and then he blew past him. And I, I really like to know how fast he was running, but Jim Nance then went crazy – that was – what were you doing, like, when you saw that? Were you just going nuts? Were you, yeah. Was your mouth, like, wide uh, open? I was just, like, jumping up and down. And apparently that's what DeMar Hamlin was doing because he actually set off some of the the uh, monitors that he had in his uh, hotel room. By the way, he is back in Buffalo. I flew home today, walking like usual, uh, normal diet, fantastic to hear. It really is. It really is. So, obviously, if Buffalo is my number two team – I've got Philadelphia as my number one. They played a Giants team that you mentioned, you know, didn't play anybody. And that game got a little close for comfort at the end of the game. Is it fair to have Philadelphia at number one? I think they're still the best team in the league. Uh, You know, I knew Jalen Hurts was going to be a little rusty coming back after not playing for several weeks. What do you think? I don't feel like they should be at number one for a couple of reasons. Number, we talk about, what this team has done over the last, you know, four weeks of the season, right? They barely beat Chicago. They lost to Dallas. They got blown out by the saints at home and they barely beat the giants in a game that they had to win who the giants sat everybody. And if I'm comparing that to Buffalo, who has beaten some really good teams and they just, I mean, they, they beat the Patriots who were trying to get in the playoffs by double digits. How can't it go to Buffalo? I guess the way that I looked at this is you, as you say, try not to put too much stock in week 18 games. Um, And so I don't want to put too much stock in Philadelphia's kind of performance recently because Jalen Hurts got hurt in the Chicago game. They barely lost to Dallas with their backup. Uh, They didn't have him for new Orleans. And then they finally got him back this game. So I feel like their situation is a little different. So in this case, I kind of, uh, you know, diverted to looking at, their entire, you know, catalog for the entire year, like how good they've been when he's been in the lineup. I do think some of the points though, that you're making are valid. Honestly, if these two teams played in the Super Bowl, I don't know who I would pick to win right now. I really don't. I think this would be a great Super Bowl matchup. Buffalo does have a lot of emotion riding for them. I just, I worry a little bit about their defense if they go up against Patrick Mahomes or, or Joe Burrow, and they're playing really great football. I would also worry about that for the Eagles secondary. We saw their secondary just get absolutely exposed against Dallas on Christmas Eve, right? Like Dallas walked the ball up and down the field for 500 yards. So I think some of the same concerns that you have about Buffalo secondary, you should have about Philadelphia's as well. Yeah, this is a, this is a really tough one. Um, you know, the, the top five teams in the NFL in some order are Eagles, Bills, 49ers, Bengals, and Chiefs. You know, I have no, it at Eagles. No. What's that? I said Cowboys. No, I was just joking. Those are the top five <laughs> yeah. teams. But 
I think after those top five, there's a pretty clear drop. I would be floored if one of those five teams didn't win the Super Bowl. Well, the team you came at me at me the most was having Minnesota over Dallas. If I were to redo it and kind of use some of your logic, especially with the reports about Mike Williams, because Mike Williams is really important to that Charger team. Mm-hmm. I think I might have Jacksonville at six if I were going to redo this, that my drop from Kansas City would go to Jacksonville next. As crazy as that is to say, based on what I know, I wouldn't do that if the Chargers hadn't played Mike Williams and hadn't played Joey Bosa. And then they played Justin Herbert, Marcus, like into the third quarter, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um I just want to point out, but last thing for me, that your number six team still has a negative point differential on the season. I know. Just, just pointing that out. <sighs> All right. See, this is why Detroit should have made the playoffs. My gosh. <laughs> I agree. I think Detroit's better than Minnesota. I, I would put Detroit ahead of Minnesota. I would. I just want you to know that uh, I watched Stone Cold last night i don't know if you've ever seen that movie it came Mm -hmm. out the year of your birth 1991 it stars brian bosworth uh highly recommend it's 33 percent on rotten tomatoes which it earns every one of those points but please uh let me give you the last word you don't need to hear about my brian bosworth movie watching just wanted to give a shout out to uh the cincinnati medical people the doctors over there the the people uh with the bill's training staff um, this was a one of the darkest moments in the NFL's history on Monday night, and it turned out to be one of the coolest stories that we'll probably have, maybe in my lifetime. So, what a what an awesome recovery for Demar Hamlin. Man, I couldn't agree more, and it was really great uh, to see the medical staff honored at the game for Buffalo, the training staff, and and big ups to the medical staff in Cincinnati, and couldn't be happier about it. So, uh, it's a great last uh, comment. But I should say, if you want more Marcus's comments on the Cowboys, which he thinks are better than the Vikings and the Jags and the Chargers, go to Locked On Cowboys. Uh, you can listen to that with Landon McCool. I don't even. Does anyone want to listen to that podcast after Sunday's game? Was it just we had our record depressing? number yesterday of podcast downloads? So yes, I, apparently they do. What is it about big Cowboys losses that you guys get the most? Misery downloads? loves company, right? I guess, I guess so. That's amazing. Uh, if if you love misery, though, check out his work covering the Raiders because there's plenty of that to go around. He also writes for profootballfocus.com. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We really appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you when we do picks on Wednesday. Playoff picks, bro. Playoff picks. Talk to you all soon.